It is the Healthy Family Show, and I am your host, Jenny Hatch. This morning, I found a link to an article from Scotland titled, Expert Review into Mystery Spike in Scott's Baby Deaths Begins. This article was written on January 18th of this year by Helen McArdle, who's the health correspondent for the Herald, Herald Scotland. And this article is a good example of what I would term uh, junk science because it outlines how when you ask the wrong questions, you never have to worry about what the answers are. And if you have a spike in baby deaths during a specific time, if you have a spike or two, and you're saying, hmm, I wonder what caused the spike in baby deaths, and you don't even ask the question, were these mothers vaccinated? Then whatever answers you come up with as you conduct your study, you're not going to have all the evidence because you're not asking the right questions. So I'm going to read this article for you. Dr. Helen Matt Matier is chairing the review group investigating Scotland's unusual neonatal mortality rate during 2021 and 2022. An expert review into an unusually high level of deaths among newborn babies in Scotland has begun and experts and expects to report back in the autumn. So these guys are not in any sort of a rush. Uh, no expediting of the process. It's not going to be done in a week as it should be or should have been done two years ago or three years ago. No, it's not going to come out. Until August, we have another few months of perhaps babies having untimely deaths because their mothers get the COVID shot. Because why would we be in a rush when we have all of this glorious money rolling in? So here's the text of the article. Healthcare Improvement Scotland, HIS, confirmed that it has appointed retired consultant neonatologist Dr. Helen MacTier to chair the expert group, which will investigate the possible causes behind two unexplained spikes in neonatal mortality just six months apart in September of 2021 and March of 2022, when a total of 39 infants died. Work is already underway, but HIS said it is continuing to recruit some additional specialists to contribute to the expert panel, which is expected to meet monthly. In October last year, HIS advertised for an experienced consultant working in a neonatal intensive care unit outside of Scotland to join the review group. The Scottish government commissioned the review in September last year after internal investigations by Public Health Scotland, PHS, found no definitive explanation for the increases in neonatal mortality. Dr. Helen Massier, MacTier, who recently retired after 20 years as a consultant 
neonatologists at the Princess Royal Maternity Hospital in Glasgow was the president of the British Association of Perinatal Medicine, BAPM, from 2019 to 2022. This gal is at the top of the pyramid in her industry. They're bringing in the best to be the consultant asking all of the wrong questions. She also served as a panel member on the independent investigation into East Kent Maternity Services, where repeated failings in care were blamed for dozens of deaths and injuries among mothers and babies. A spokesman for HIS said, at the request of Scottish government, Healthcare Improvement Scotland is undertaking a review in relation to the significant increase in neonatal mortality across Scotland in the year 21-2022. The purpose of the review is to understand any contributing factors to the national increase in neonatal mortality. The review should assess and determine whether there are any themes, underlying causes or safety factors from both a clinical and system perspective, and if there are, should identify key learning points and make recommendations for improvements in the quality of care. He added that the review is at an early stage and we expect publication of our report to be in autumn of this year. All right, these guys are on it. They've got a big fancy graph showing the two spikes. And under the graph, it says the neonatal mortality rate exceeded an upper warning limit, red dotted line, twice in the space of six months for the first time since monitoring began. So these are the professionals who are on it. They're going to figure it out. The alarm was first raised at the end of 2021 when monthly monitoring found that 21 babies had died within 28 days of birth during September, compared to the nine, which would have been expected based on pre-pandemic averages. This translated into a neonatal mortality rate of 4.9 deaths per 1,000 live births, and for the first time since monitoring began in 2017, exceeded an upper warning threshold known as the control limit. This triggered an automatic investigation, but just six months later, the control limit was breached for a second time when 18 newborns died in March 2022, pushing the neonatal mortality rate to 4.6 deaths per 1,000 live births. I wonder what was going on in 2021 and 2022 that could have caused this spike in baby deaths. Hmm. What was going on? No clear link has been found with COVID infections in either mothers or babies or an increase in premature births, all of which increase the risk of neonatal mortality. Chance variation is considered unlikely, but PHS suggested COVID-related staffing absences may have been a factor. Okay, there weren't enough staff. So no staff, dead babies. 
any link to COVID vaccines has been ruled out on the basis of international evidence demonstrating their safety in pregnancy. But PHS confirmed that it had not checked the vaccination status of any of the mothers affected. It stressed that there was no public health basis to do and that such an analysis whilst, I love that word, whilst being uninformative for public health decision-making had the potential to be used to harm vaccine confidence. I'm going to read that one again because that's the kicker, okay? It stressed there was no public health health basis to do, so no need to see if any of these moms got the shot, and that such an analysis, whilst being uninformative for public health decision-making, had the potential to be used to harm vaccine confidence. Because at the end of the day, people having confidence in the vaccine is the most important thing. They don't care how many babies die. They don't. They really don't. They just want to know that the people are confident in their product. Since April 2022, the neonatal mortality rate has been falling. And between May 2022 and October 2022, the most recent month for which data is available, has been consistently lower than expected when compared against pre-pandemic averages. This is the most disheartening piece of journalism I think I've read in the last couple of months. And believe me, I've read some disheartening stuff because it is proof that this scientific study now being conducted in Scotland will not be rigorous, will not include all of the data. They didn't even bother to ask the mothers, did you get the shot before your baby died? And if they did not ask that question, which I personally believe is probably the most important question anybody could be asking around the topic of dead babies, then their scientific research, when it's finally published months from now, like in September, it's going to be bogus because it doesn't ask all the important or right questions. So this is the first study of this sort that I've noticed anybody doing around the world on the topic of dead babies and it does not bode well for the future and what we can expect to see perhaps from american researchers or others and if they're not asking the right questions how will we ever know they have to do something because it's obvious that there are lots and lots of dead babies all over the world and so they have to have some sort of an explanation for just why it spiked in 2021 and 2022. This happened in 2010. In 2009, the H1N1 vaccine was hoisted on humanity under the banner of a level six pandemic around the swine flu that came out, H1N1. Everybody was told to get the shot, but they wanted 
pregnant women. For some reason, they wanted the pregnant women and the children to get it first. So all the pregnant women all over the world were lined up and given the shot. And many women that very day or within two weeks lost their babies. Miscarriage. They call this spontaneous abortion in medical circles. Many, many babies died. And there were some of us who documented it in real time. Much of the journalism I crafted around this scandal was censored. And others who were collecting data around it were also told to lay off or else. So we had the scandal in 2010, 2011, and there was proof. Guess what? Miscarriage rates were up. Miscarriage rates were up significantly all over the world after this vaccine hit pregnant women. And then the machine roared into action for the cover-up. And boy, it was an effort. But one outlier, John Hopkins, was honest enough to say, you know, I think there was something off here in 2010, 2011. All these dead babies, all these miscarriages. What happened? What's going on? So they put out a tentative, you know, cautious something about, you know, could it have been the vaccine? And it was like a volcano erupted. John Hopkins reporting on this story. And then Snopes and all the other debunkers out there on the Internet went to work telling us that what what John Hopkins was saying was not, in fact, what they were saying. No, it, it, there were no dead babies. And it certainly wasn't caused because of the vaccine. So we've had this scandal before. And I was the only person who organized a national rally in 2009 on the steps of the Denver Capitol. I had read enough before the vaccine dropped that I knew that there were going to be some problems for pregnant women. And so I organized this event. I invited all of the top vaccine doctors to come to my rally at the steps of the Denver Capitol on Black Friday, 2009. I invited all the local and national media, print, radio, television news media to come. Dr. Leonard Horowitz agreed to be the keynote speaker and we held a press conference for him after the rally. He gave a wonderful speech. Sherry Kane and I spoke, named the names of all of those demons tied to the partnership for New York City who gained the patents on this vaccine and stood to make the most money off of this vaccine. And wouldn't you know, top of the list of that gang was the House of Windsor. Yes, the royal family helped to patent the H1N1 vaccine. And there were others, people tied to industry, people tied to media, who patented that vaccine and stood to make oodles of money off the people of the world being propagandized into getting yet another vaccination. And when we gathered at the Capitol, there were about 50 people who showed up. None of the mainstream media bothered to show up. Even the alternative media largely ignored it. But there was a, a video team from We Are Change, the stalwarts, 
Colorado We Are Change showed up and had a press conference with Len after the rally. There were several videos made of this rally that appear here and there around the internet. But mostly this rally was like spitting in the wind. And boy, that landed right back on our faces when the gates of hell opened up and those who were angry that we gathered and that we published and that we talked about this vaccine being deadly for babies in their mother's wombs, that we had the audacity to speak out. Boy, they were mad about that, I can tell you. So this history is there of vaccines being used to depopulate, to kill babies in their mother's wombs, to cause infertility. The history is there. So why would anybody be surprised that the COVID vaccine would contain similar elements designed to kill babies in their mother's wombs or shortly after birth? Why would anybody be surprised? And now the evidence is coming out. Now the countries are reporting, oh, what do you know? 2021, 2022, we had this spike in infant mortality. We had this spike in miscarriages. What are we going to do? How do we cover this up? Oh, I know. We'll have a study done by the top people in the industry to prove, to prove it was not the vaccines. Well, good luck with that. North, welcome to the show. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. Hey, can you hear me? I can. All right, great. Um, what? Can you post a link for the study that you're um, using to show the increase in uh, infant deaths? What I did when I started the show, because you probably weren't here at the beginning, is I read an article from Scotland, which is in the links bar, reporting that they were going to conduct a study to find out why there were so many deaths in Scotland. So that article contains the graph. It talks about how they are not going to ask vaccination status of the moms who lost their babies, but they are going to do some research to figure out why all of those babies died. So if you click on that link, you'll see the article that I read. Can you see it? Uh, yeah, I can see it. Okay. That's the article. And like I said in the after chat, after lecture, uh, I, this is the first I've seen of any country saying, yeah, we're going to do a study to figure out what was what. But right there in the article, they admit that they're not going to ask vaccination status of the moms. So my point is, if you're not even going to ask that as you begin the study, whatever you come up with for why all these babies died, it's bogus. I guess uh, what I'm interested about is why you're focusing on Scotland. Why not the United States? Like I said, they're the first who've published publicly that they're going to do an investigation. I haven't seen that anywhere else. Not America. Right. No other countries have announced they're doing a similar investigation. And my point is the investigation is already a bust because they're not even going to ask the most important question. What I believe is the most important question. Um, are you aware that the infant deaths in the United States fell in both 2021 and 2022 compared to the years before? 
Infant deaths in the U.S. went down? Yes. Nope, I have not seen that. What I have seen is that overall births are down significantly, meaning there's a whole bunch of babies we thought would be born who didn't show up. Right. Well, that's true all over the world. Yes, that's been consistent with a trend that's been happening since the 70s of just, um, well, at least in the United States and other Western countries of families being smaller um, and people choosing to have less kids. If you look at all the charts, it's a pretty gradual slope since the 80s. Well, we'll see, you know. My question is, Uh, are we ever going to get the truth if, you know, they're not even bothering to ask these questions? I don't know. They they were very good at covering up the spontaneous abortions that happened after moms got the H1N1. So I have. Yeah, I just don't think there is any spontaneous abortions happening. Like even looking at your chart here um, from Scotland, um, the spike only occurs for two months, right? Like if you're looking well, at the chart that you provided in July, uh, right up to July 21st, the death rates are average, even below average for the months and years before. And then the month that it spikes is August. Uh, and then it goes right back down for September ish. And then it spikes again. in let's see here, Jen, so the 2022 of what looks like February or March. Um, and then it goes right back down again in April and May. Well, that chart is an infant mortality chart, which is a different issue than spontaneous abortion miscarriage. So there's two separate s- sources of death. One happens in the womb. One happens after the baby is born. And that chart is babies that are born up to 28 days who died, who they did not expect them to die. So in the in the tw- 2009 rally, we were specifically talking about spontaneous abortion, miscarriage, and the miscarriage rate did spike in 2010 all over the world. And like I said, there was a huge cover-up, and John Hopkins, did you Google this? John Hopkins was the only uh, medical group that I'm aware of that said, hey, why did we have all of these miscarriages? in 2010. And like I said, it was, it was embarrassing to the vaccine establishment because they were like, would you shut up? What are you talking about? Don't talk about that, you know? And there was a cover up. So I'm just saying there's a pattern here. There is evidence that that H1N1 flu shot was problematic for pregnant women. And you know, there was the, the machine kicked into gear with their propagandists online and in the medical industry and CDC say, you know, you're not seeing what you what what they just said that, that doesn't exist. And this is what they do. So, you know, patterns, they're there, they're established. But uh, I don't think this study they're about to do in Scotland is going to be worth anybody's time. You know, they'll come back and say, oh, you know, we think the moms were just too old, you know, or it was, you know, environmental causes. It's it's because of global warming or maybe they were eating too much tuna. They'll come up with something to explain it. 
But there are many of us who are activists who've been watching the scene for decades. We're saying, well, why can't you get a group of moms whose babies died who are vaccinated lined up against a group of moms whose babies died who weren't vaccinated? Why can't you do that study? You know, what's going on here? And that's that's my biggest issue north. I want some real science. And they're they're just telling you right there in the article they're not willing to do it because the world health experts have assured them that if they were to go there, it would subvert the public's confidence in vaccines. So that's all I'm saying. I haven't read the chat yet. Gator, if you want to come up and chat, feel free to get in the queue or anyone. Oh, there you are. Wonderful. Hey, Jenny, how's it going? Good. Did you read the article I shared? Uh, I've, I've not I've not um, had the time. I've literally only just got in and was listening mainly to what you were saying. But um, look, in, in context, I'm just I can, I can scan this while I talk. But in context, Scotland is literally nothing short of a biofascist, um, woke as fuck state. That's all it is, right? I don't know if you know this, but um, the, just on just on the sort of um, woke trans agenda, Scotland has tried to implement legislation that essentially made it possible for children of a pitifully young age, like we're talking four years old or something, to essentially dis- de- um, arbitrarily and autonomously define their own gender. With no with no input from the from the parents, which could ultimately lead as well to an incredibly young age of of, of the beginnings of a tran- transition surgery, and that, that's what Scotland was trying to do, right? And they had actually voted in their parliament eighty six to fifty in favour of that. Now, strangely, um, London, the, the UK Parliament, um, had an override for that, and they actually used it. And they said it's not lawful or we object to the to Scottish Parliament as, as a subservient section of British parliamentary power to be able to do this. Now, it may be a technicality at the moment and this may end up coming around in Scotland, but I'm only saying this to give you a context of how bad things are in Scotland. I mean, Scotland is literally insane. The government is literally clinically insane based upon all of their COVID stuff. And clearly, the woke agenda that they're following, and this is no, this is this is no, this is an open secret. But what I would, my personal sympathies in respect to say the whole fact that we are now in a world where literally, despite constant increasing evidence, um, you've got two things. You've got a guy here north who literally relies on taking down um, people with CDC references, right? I mean, the fact that he's even bothered to to post something sourced from the CDC as if that is credible is shows you that his his level of capability, which is zero, right? He if he believes that the CDC tells medical truth, then then he's not even bothering 
to go back and revisit Rochelle Walensky's video statement saying safe and effective, no transmission. If you get vaccinated, you can't get sick. They're all lies, right? You've got him. And then you've also got all of the people who are still shielded by the propaganda mi uh, machine from from kind of knowing the, the real levels of stuff that you and I would know about this. Right. And unfortunately, those num the numbers of those people are, are still appear to be significant and, and, and quite large. Right. And where I get to at the moment is this. As sad as it sounds, if you are so fucking dumb that you when you when you lose a child and you go through the investigation to understand why that is you literally at this point in the game don't want to know if it's got anything to do with your vaccination shot right <clears throat> or you allow any report about you to deliberately exclude that status when it contains other medical information about you i suspect i'm I would I would struggle to say that that person has acted without some degree of utter stupidity. That's that's where I am on this at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what sort of a rock or how big it is that you have to live under that you would still be defending all the madness. But, you know, North and people like him love to come into my shows and in other spaces and kind of hit me over the head with their science. And I'm like, dude, this is the worst junk science that has ever been produced. And yet he still quotes it as if it's authoritative and real. And, you know, I don't know what to do to wake him up except keep talking. Oh, yeah. I, just just on this, I have actually um, need to point something out. Um, North admitted to, to committing a U.S. felony crime in the chat two days ago. He literally said, one, VAERS data is absolute garbage, and then which is which is not actually technically true. It depends upon how what you get, how you use it, and how you analyze it. And I know a load of people who are doing this, and it's not garbage data. Uh, it's some of the best in the world, even and that's not saying everything, right? But as far as data goes, it's some of the best. Now he then said that he himself had submitted fraudulent a fraudulent report to VAERS and it was totally possible to do it and, and, and so and bots could do it too. Now it is a felony offence for anyone to submit, um, a, knowingly submit a false report into VAERS it, and it, has a, it carries a jail sentence. He admitted to that in the chat, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, what that means is two things. Either he is a criminal and needs to be reported and dealt with, okay, or that he is a liar because he's claiming to have done something which he didn't do. And the fact that he has claimed to have committed a felony would suggest that he is both stupid and he also didn't do it because he didn't really know that it was a felony, right? So he's not a credible individual. That's the level of, of, of stupor, intellectual stupor that he is in. He's now just put himself into a corner. So if you ever take shit off him again, just tell him that, that, that you know that he is admitted to a U.S. felony crime. Good to know. Good to know, because he, he kind of follows me around Colin, you know, and he yeah, loves but he's just Daniel's replacement. Me. 
He's Daniel's. He he he's a Daniel Negreg sympathizer, isn't he? Who basically uses a kind of like um. He wraps up his opinion in in, in really uh, um disingenuous terms, and he 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 uses no significant levels of of, of sourcing when he demands it from others, right? So, for example. Although he would cite CDC, right, and 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 so on and so forth, there's no there's no need to. Any anyone who really knows what they're talking about would just cite links to direct published um, scientific research papers. You don't even need to go to the level that, like, you know, Truth Snitch or fucking what what else is coming up in here? Natural News, right? You go to the fucking source document. The, the, the actual results, the, the research, and and, and, and and I've never seen North be able to do that, right? And so well, believe me, that's believe all you me, need Gator, to do. I don't, I don't lose any sleep over, over North's opinions on anything, but he does provide good counterpoint. He does sometimes ask good questions. And if he is reaching out in good faith, which, you know, maybe he's dumb enough to think his position is – the good faith answer, I think what's more likely is he got the shot, several boosters, and is freaking out. Yeah. Which there is a large group of people like that who are still in absolute denial, but are freaking out about what's happening in their well, own bodies. I can I can show you something or give you a link to something that will make you amused to some extent. Do you know who Scott Adams is? Oh, I've been following the Scott Adams story. Yeah, so it's, you know that he's now part- said... He's now recognised that not that people who didn't take the vaccine have effectively, quote unquote, in his words, won. Yeah, I've been watching the whole thing. And Elon, too. Did you see what Elon said yesterday? Yes, yes. He said his own cousin has myocarditis. He had a horrifying effect after one of his boosters and is wondering what his future looks at. And as I read these, these messages, I'm like, Elon, dude. You know, are you concerned that you're just going to keel over dead? I think he is. And I think that's yeah. part of I think that's part of his like ferociousness right now. Yeah, of, okay. Like, now, I I have been through I I spitballed this a very 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 long time ago and I was saying to people in my sphere, you do realize what it is you have to pre- mentally prepare yourself for. And they were like, "What?" I said, "It is the slow total collapse of your society because at the worst case the deleterious effects of this stuff could be such that it has first order second order and third order effects right the first order ones are things like immediately uh, immediate death from either mainlining the stuff and triggering blood clots or um a massive autoimmune response, which shuts down any any significant part of your system, or myocarditis, pericarditis that ends up killing you, right? That would be a first order effect. Second order effect could be um, basically the corruption of your BRCA1 gene, which it does do, right? Which essentially means that your that that your the other things that you have, latent problems that you have, be- become profound right so so something that you might have been keeping in check suddenly takes over that's what we're seeing with all the all the cancers well yeah and then the tertiary effect could be this if you generally have a damaged immune system 
right? You don't die because of that, but you end up being uh, unable to survive in in the environment, right? So you end up dying because you basically um, couldn't suppress um, some bacterial infection, which was which was a complete non-event to any human, right? You you, you know, and, and 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 the problem with this is that the first, second, and third order effects, when they all add up together, can occur to anyone who's been who's been vaccinated in any period of time. And we don't know anything about the longest time frame that the worst or, or least bad outcome could occur. So what this means is that you spread this phenomenon over half of the world's population. And this is what I think is going to happen. And I think it is already happening. In the next five years, the all-cause mortality data will be even worse than the rough 20% it's running at in the UK up on some months and other and, and in other countries around the world right but this will not be um like all young people start dying or all old people start dying you will literally be seeing every single person at every single level of society susceptible to being too sick to work at some point in the next five to ten years and if that happens you're literally looking at the complete shift of society so that suddenly there aren't enough cops, there aren't enough firemen, there aren't enough ambulance people, there aren't enough medics, there aren't enough people collecting trash because they're all off work. And then what the burden of society is picked, the burden of society is picked up by the unvaccinated who in many countries are actually in the minority. That's what the unvaccinated actually have to fully comp comprehend could be the unassailable reality for them within the next 10 years, right? Now, oh, believe me, I comprehend it and I've thought about it a lot. There's yeah. a prophecy in the scriptures that talks about an event that would kill so many people, it would take seven years to bury the dead. Right. And okay. I, I think I think we're there. Okay, so now flip that over and say that you're vaccinated and that you've had friends who were unvaccinated for, for various scientific reasons, like me, who went to his friends and said, look at all of this stuff. Look at all of this work that I've done. Look at the, the letters that I've written to various people. I've shared them with you because I'm concerned. How do you feel? And they come back, reject it all, sideline you. And eventually one of them, I mean, eventually they all took it and they were going, well, it's too late for us now anyway. So what you're telling us is offensive. That's the kind of level of response I was getting out of some of the people who were closest to me. Right. Me too. Now, roll, fast forward to now. And so, some of these people were in the medical environment as well. And they were all above average intelligence. Right. Now, fast forward to now, they, they know that I'm right. Okay, so what would they be thinking? They'd be thinking, I don't want to know how bad this could be for me and my family because it's irreversible. So actually, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a reason to bury your head even deeper into the sand, right? It you is, don't want you know, to Gator, know anything. I want to say this because it's what I believe with all my soul. It is reversible. And it's because God is in his heaven and he is the master physician. He has the ability to heal anything, mental or physical. And I believe those who are the humble followers of Christ, who beseech the Lord in Jesus's name and ask for a healing, I believe they can get it based on their own faith. I know this with every particle of my being. 
So I am not one of those doomsayers who says it's all over. There's no hope. There is hope. We've been promised there's hope in the scriptures. And the hope comes because of the healing power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is where I put all of my hope. So my shows are always focused, always focused on the positive sides of this hellscape we're in because it's real. I believe he can heal infertility if a woman has been rendered infertile. Because of this thing, I believe he can fix that. I believe he can fix the infertility in the young males right now who are all being decimated with erectile dysfunction because of these shots. He can heal it all. The atonement covers it all. So I'm interested in more of what you have to say, but I had to insert that because I do not walk in fear. Right. Okay. Well, I don't either. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you can, I don't have a problem with your beliefs. Okay. What I'm interested in, though, is the evidence of, of, of the, that confirms or denies the situation that I think is happening or was going to happen. And I can't find any proof that, that undermines my position, right? Now, when it comes to fixing stuff, you just have to go to the science. The science on this shows that the dosing or the number of, of mRNA particles that are in a given shot are into the trillions, right? So in a Moderna shot, you're literally dealing with trillions of mRNA particles. Now, even if you take a quality problem that can pin the, pin the formed mRNA content to be as low as officially low as 55% and actually in reality lower than that, which, which again opens up a whole load of other questions about, uh, about other problems I won't go into, but you're still dealing with, and there's and there's, that, there's papers that prove this, in checks on people who have been vaccinated. Not only are they obviously producing spike protein months, up to six plus months after their shot, as a result of the shot, but also they are still getting billions of uh, particles read out in their blood, right, on a parts per million basis, multiple billions which means that they are just spike factories, right? Now, the only way that you fix that is by a secondary medical market coming to the fore that, that recognizes this formally and then gets a load of money spent on it, reversing the effects of these shots, right? Now, that will happen. That will happen because there will be enough demand that, that people create it. Um, and, the, and it's already been speculatively done. There's there's rumours that, you know, if you drink this, take this, blah, 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 it'll it'll shut down spike protein. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. Beware false prophets, right? But over time, there will be an unassailable position where no matter what the government says, just like there was that there, there came to be um, multiple treatment protocols using generic drugs, those doctors in those fields will realize that there's a need and an opportunity, reward-based opportunity, for coming up with treatment protocols to try to ameliorate some of the effects of these shots in some people. And it will happen, right? But one of the obvious things is this, is that if your entire blood system has been contaminated, right, you're, you're literally, if your drugs can't completely clear that out, then you're talking about blood dialysis, transfusions, or the, the, a long enough natural cycle for your, for, or for your blood to essentially clear, clear itself out, which goes through your renal system, 
which basically means that you're going to be carrying renal system problems anyway, right? So I'm not trying to sound like a downer, but what I am saying is that, you know, over the next 10 years, you will get more people who can't get a solution who will suffer the consequences than you will getting the, the number being either saved by God or saved by the slow grinding movement of science. And, well, and, and, I, and if, I speak... I speak with authority because it's what I've experienced. I started getting hit with bioweapon type toxins years ago. Other activists were killed by them. Don Harkin up in Idaho. Somebody came to his door, knocked on the door, threw some chemical in his face. Two weeks later, he was dead. The doctors called it a fast-acting leukemia. Those of us who were also fellow activists understood. He was hit with a toxin, a bioweapon that killed him. One of the leading uh, activists in this sphere is Dr. Leonard Horowitz. He claims they poisoned him six times. Each time he died, went to heaven. Jesus met him at the gates of heaven, said, you need to go back. I've got more for you to do. So he came back. The last couple times they killed him, he said to the Lord, I don't want to go back. And he's like, I need you to go back, go back. I've been at death's door several times, hit with these same toxins. I think some of the stuff they've hit us with was put in the COVID vaccine because of the remarkable resemblance of symptoms. You know, if I was to list all the symptoms I've had since 2009 when I organized a rally in Denver at the Capitol, I mean, blood clots, lung infections, uh pancreatitis so bad I thought I was going to die um, you know just this list of symptoms that I know I was hit with this stuff and the Lord healed me he's healing me he showed me the way to be well I know these things are fixable and I have used spiritual healing but also a lot of natural healing in the form of essential oils and vitamins and Dr. Len himself came up with a a remedy called oxy silver. It's a double antioxidant, very powerful silver hydrosol that I've used with great success. The CBD oils tied to our marijuana industry that has now become legal in Colorado. Praise the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've used CBD oil for pain because I've had tons of inflammation in my body because of all this detrius swirling. I'm still here. I'm still functioning, you know, and I, I hate to tell that side of my story about being attacked for my activism because in the past, whenever I've brought it up, people just say, oh, that's crazy. That doesn't happen. Well, it does. And it has, and it still does. I mean, some of the most uh, vocal people on the planet have been heads of state like Muammar Gaddafi. When a team of vaccine uh, healthcare workers came to Libya to vaccinate the local population against this and that. Gaddafi had them all killed. So we don't want your poison. We love our babies. We like our women to get pregnant. Get out of here, you know, and he killed them all. And, you know, I believe part of the reason he was assassinated is because of that posture and how vocal he was being about it. There are heads of state in Africa. Same thing. We don't want you. Get out. They're dead. There's just a lot of 
be back, backdoor shenanigans going on that haven't largely been explored yet by the mainstream press or even some of the alternative press. And I believe those stories need to be told too, because believe me, as a long-term vaccine abolitionist activist, I, I have some stories to tell about the level they will go to to mess with you if you speak out and speak up. So I'm all about the healing. I'm all about saying to anybody who's interested, hey, here's the stuff I did to get better. I think it'll help you too. Whether or not Big Pharma comes up with solution to their own problems, I don't care. I probably wouldn't take it anyway. I'm not into chemicals. But I so appreciate your views. Do you have anything else you want to say before I bring William on? Well, I mean, you know, don't forget, though, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that there will be a a formal necessarily just a formal big pharma response to this. Right. There will be a number of different avenues, which include people going, you know, to uh, the, you know, take suramin and uh, chew drink pine needle tea. Right. Neither of those two things have been fully experimentally demonstrated, right? But they're still flying around there. Anyway, but, um, you know, ivermectin, right, is the, is basically the safest synthetic drug known to man, which, which essentially has a natural origin, right? And it also is being demonstrated to be, to be the, a Nobel Prize winning medicine for very good reason, including having efficacy in suppressing uh, some forms of cancer because people forget that cancer is just a very large generic term for a large number of uh, parasites, cellular conditions, cellular errancy inside the human body. Right now, people shouldn't forget that if you if you now want to spend the rest of your life taking a prophylactic weekly or biweekly dose of ivermectin before to from now till the end of your life, I bet you no nothing bad will happen to you right because it's so fucking safe and non-toxic that uh, which has been biologically experimentally known since since it was commercialized right and so um ultimately as cynical as this sounds um I, i i'm absolutely certain that the 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 real out, out fallout of this situation that we're in is simply not done by any any long stretch. The, there there are going to be major sociological issues in the Western world, um, and you're seeing it now in all cause mortality. Well, that will get worse. And just to bring this back to the Scottish side of things, um, a retired biologic um, professor of evolutionary biology richard something or other i can't remember his name now it's been a while since i dropped him a line but um he wrote a letter or a multiple letters to scottish authorities demanding initially data and explanations for that data they gave him explanations for why all-cause mortality was rising and this was in october 2021 ish right he then completely demonstrated using their own arguments that their own arguments proved that what they were saying was bullshit and then he jokingly but you know he facetiously said if we take just a temporal point of view on this what could this be 
meaning all of these things have timed perfectly with your vaccination rollout dates, times and policy. And since then, the Scottish Parliament has essentially just gone into increasing shutdown. That's how biofascist in a corner they are. Uh, but this is going to happen more and more and more and more and more, particularly in the UK and across a lot of Europe. Um, maybe not so much in your country, but ultimately, you know, um, the, the simplest thing for the next 10 years is for, for people who are unvaccinated and well to enjoy the peace of mind that that provides them. Right. But also take a preppers mentality in expecting a gross degradation of society over a long period of time. And, and because that's that's what is happening yeah, I agree with that. So I put in the chat a link to a PBS documentary I watched last night on Amazon about eugenics. And I would really encourage anybody interested in the topic to go watch it because it lays the foundation for the 20th century, 21st century thinking of the elites and what they wanted to do with people who they deemed not worthy to reproduce. And I really think it helps get inside of the head of those who have hoisted these uh, pharmaceuticals on the world because they really want to depopulate. That's one of the overall agendas. So I think that's why they've targeted the pregnant women with this vaccine and others. And uh, boy, they're doing they're doing what they plan to do. Thank you, Gator. William, Cheers, welcome, to the welcome to the show. Hi, Jenny. Can you hear me okay? I can. And I also would like to offer a hearty welcome to Vlad, Jade, Hakim, and Gregor. I don't know you, Gregor, but welcome. If you want to make a comment, just get in the queue. Love to hear from you, William. How you Hi. doing? Good. Well, I'm glad you had this today. I stumbled on it. I just uh, was searching the call-in app. And, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Gator a lot of right things to say regarding ivermectin and... Uh, uh, pine needle. Well, they're looking into these other uh, potential natural healing options for people who've taken the vaccine. So they, and Gator mentioned two of them, um, pine needle extract, and I forget the other one is serotonin or something. I can't recall. I remember reading about it, but I just wanted to add, there's also some positive information about something called fulvic acid, which I put in the live chat, which is created by plants. And it's, it's actually part of humus and soil. And there's evidence that that helps detoxify the body as well. So, you know, for those who have taken the vaccine, uh, it, it must be daunting to think about what may be ongoing producing their body due to this spike protein, which has shown reverse transcriptase ability to splice into DNA and in vitro and liver cells. The question is, where's the in vivo study? It's been like 10 months. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, who knows? But I mean, I can only imagine if I take the vaccine, hearing this would be frightening, you know? And so I, I didn't, I wanted to cite a few positive options. Ivermectin can be very hard to get here in the USA still through prescription you know, because of the CDC's actions and whatnot. Um, I remember frontline COVID critical care doctors and American frontline doctors, Jenny, early on, was offer they were offering doctors that you can call directly 
and work with them to get um, prescriptions. I don't know if they're still doing that. Do you know anything about that? Did I lose you, Jen? No, I'm or, still here. Well. No, I don't know about that. And I have actually tried to find any doctor who's offering help with uh -huh. COVID vaccine side effects. And if they're doing it, they're not advertising it too hard because yeah. I, it, they're hard to find. But I would like to insert here that it's in the book of Revelations that the nations would be healed by the trees. So I think we can look to herbal healing Mm -hmm. for our ultimate healing down the road. And that's already, you know, there's great companies like doTERRA and Young, Young Living who are wildcrafting essential oils, which are highly concentrated herbal healers. And I've been using these products for 27 years and they just work. There was one day I was hit by a toxin that was so horrifying my lungs were shutting down i could feel it and i felt guided by the spirit to take harmony oil which is a young living product very expensive and i was guided to put the whole bottle in the palm of my hands and then just rub it all over my chest and breathe it in and i didn't want to do it i remember going i don't want to spend all this money and it was like jen your life is worth 50 bucks Okay, okay, I'll use the whole bottle. So I poured the whole bottle into my head and it opened up my lungs enough that I could take little sips of air and I didn't die in the moment. And then I got some wheatgrass into my body and the wheatgrass juice really helped flush. Wheatgrass juice flushes radiation out of the body. And whatever they hit me with was something really radioactive. It was hot. My lungs were burning. And um, these these elements that come of the earth, not from a lab, are what saved my life that day. So I want to put a link in the chat to my doTERRA website if anybody's interested in essential oils for enhancing your health. I would love to share these products with you. Okay. I got something else. In the in that same thought, um, Dr. Mo Bean, and I'll put a link in the chat, has a YouTube channel, M-O-E Bean with two E's. And uh, he did a, a report, gosh, well over a year ago, I'd have to check the timeline, on uh, black seed and honey. And he grew up in Pakistan, and you know how they use turmeric in India, you know, for spicing and black seed. And um, he found it. Uh, you know, a, uh, a, a hospital uh, a clinical um, report on uh, how they had compared, um, let's see, uh, hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies, they had two different uh, compilations, and then black seed and honey for people who had severe COVID. And the best they did with the pharmaceutical concoctions was an, for people with severe COVID was a 25 to 18% survival, um, survival rate, I think it was. For those with severe, no, no, let me think. The, uh, the math, Bill, I have a senior moment here. Um, remission rate, that's what it was, right? In other words, the, mm, it was a survival rate. It was, it was the, the, these were people with severe COVID that entered the rope. 
You know what I'm saying? And so they've tried these different drugs and they didn't have much luck with them. That's what it was. But but the but the black seed honey was much 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 more successful. It really worked, which was shocking, you know. And um, so uh, the remdesivir, in fact, has a one third renal failure rate, and they pulled it from the Ebola trials years ago. So that's not a good drug to put people on. But um, oh, it's such a toxic drug. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to do for folks, you know, what I did, first of all, in the live chat, I, I put in a bunch of stuff that I put in your chat yesterday regarding other studies that were not CDC. And you know where I'm going with this, a bunch of this, it's chats loaded up with that and people can go there and find that information. Um, but but I, I, I want to be sensitive to the fact that anyone who's listening, who's gotten the vaccine, this this could be daunting. So so the black seed and honey actually has hydroxychloroquine in it, in the black seed. And the hydroxychloroquine, for those of you who don't know, like Jenny, you talked about the trees and the barks and the plants. Hydroxychloroquine is originally derived from a chinchona tree bark. It's a, um, uh, it's a natural product that the, the Jesuits have been using since the 1600s. You know, and so black seed has hydroxychloroquine. When Dr. Mobin does his analysis, and I'll put it in the Lincoln, he does it like as if he's talking to medical students. So he breaks it down on that level. Do you follow what I mean? So, yeah. so um, yeah. So let me go do that. I'm gonna the pause. I mean, mute myself, and then I'm gonna go into my browser and try and find that so I can post it for people. No, thanks so much, Bill. Does anyone yeah. else in the chat want to participate? Hey, Andrew, long time no see. Lynn, please do join the chat. There's a group in Scotland who are getting ready to do a big study on why the number of babies dying after birth, these are called infant mortalities, are so high. They had two spikes over 2020, 2021 season. Why so many dead babies? So um, I just read the article to start this show and pointed out that the science they come up with is not going to be legit because they're not even going to bother to ask the moms of the babies who died what their vaccine status is. And my contention is if they can get you asking the wrong questions, they don't need to worry about what the answers are. So if if they're asking, you know, hey, did you eat too much tuna this month? Because we all know the mercury in tuna is bad for babies in their mother's womb. Or they're asking how old you are or how fat you are. They like to blame it on moms being fat. That's why you have a dead baby. They like to blame it on global warming. So if these questions, which I would perceive to be somewhat bogus questions, are being asked, and the most important glaring question, hey, when did you get a shot? Did you get any boosters is not being asked. And they said right in this article from the Scotland Herald, they're not going to ask that question because they don't want to cause some distrust on the vaccine program. They don't, they don't want to mess with people's belief systems and the vaccine. So they're not going to ask that question, but they're going to ask all these other questions to figure out why they had these two spikes in the infant mortality rate in Scotland. There has been an increase in infant mortality at various junctures over the last two years all over the world, and overall births are down significantly, meaning that there's probably some babies that could have been 
conceived, but weren't. And we need to ask why. Could be the pandemic. People don't think it's a good time to have a baby. I get that. But I'm interested in finding out the facts. And so I believe we should be asking all of the important questions. Elon Musk came out yesterday and said that his cousin, after getting vaccinated, developed myocarditis. He said he himself has had some problems. And one of the boosters he had really made him sick and question. And he has also promised that although he said the Fauci files, the Twitter files would come out last week, he said they're going to be coming out in February because there's just so much there. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to factual information about what was being censored, what was being said, what was being claimed. And then I'm most interested in what has actually happened. What are the facts around all of these babies coming up dead? What killed them? I think we need to get those answers. So if no one else has anything to contribute, I'll let Bill have the last word if you want, Bill. I really started this show just to kind of share the article, read it, see if anybody was interested in talking about it. But I don't have the gumption to do too much more because I've already done an hour, my math podcast. So I'm kind of done talking for the day. But if you want to add anything, Bill, just let me know. Okay, hi. Yeah, okay, so folks, I did find the um, Dr. Mobin uh, YouTube on Black Seed and Honey and COVID. And uh, that's below, you know, uh, my text of it. And then right above it, is I was I was typing in my finger on my foot. Jenny said, Bill, you want to say the last word? So I didn't finish typing it in. But that's MedCram, Dr. Sahalt, on COVID and vitamins. And he came out with that in January, February, March, like April 2020. He was working in the hospitals. And so he was using, um, let me think, it was quercetin, which is a zinc ionophore zinc. Uh, vitamin C, uh, N-acetylcysteine, which is abbreviated NAC, and I think it was vitamin D3. You'll find if, and again, he, MedCram is for medical students. So when he goes into it, it's, you know, based on, um, his knowledge, which, you know, is way above what I would have to say about it. So I won't, I won't mess it up. <laughs> so if you're interested, those videos are there. And uh, if, if you need any information regarding, um, uh, well, everything I, I, I put that's a, uh, you know, copy text, I do have the link in. And, you know, I go to uh, people wondering where do I get this stuff? Sometimes people say, Bill, where'd you find that? I didn't, I don't find it on Google. The browser I use is Yandex. I was frustrated with my browser a while back, not finding things I had seen in the past. So I got into the Play Store and I tried Brave and I was like, eh, a little better, but there's some YouTube videos I used to see I still can't find. So then I tried Yandex in the Play Store. It's Y-A-N as in Nancy, D as in David, E-X, and lo and behold, there was all this information. And also, if you're interested in alternative platforms like... Um, Rumble, uh, Rockfin, Rumble. Um, I'm thinking of one other one. I'm drawing. I haven't seen your moment here. That's pretty. Oh, BizShoot. That's pretty popular. Red Voice Media. All those are available on the index without a paywall for 
you know, like if you're looking for the newest, like, episode somebody just put on on something it may have a paywall but usually within a little while they drop that paywall because it gets old you know you know i mean if it's three weeks old four weeks old a month old you know whatever they usually recirculate it in without a paywall and also alison morrow who was with um she is in rockfin she starts with youtube you'll find her now now she was uh, with uh, legacy media her father is a doctor and he, uh, so, uh, she, you know, what she has to do is she kind of like, what's the appetite on YouTube? You know what I mean? Knows where she could dance the line without going over. And then she'll say, okay, now I'm going to Rockfin. So you can find Alison Morrow. She uh, covers the medical end because of course her father's a physician. She has interviewed her dad too. Um, you know, which was really interesting. I saw that early on in this, uh, you know, COVID thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to give some positive um, things for folks. Thank you. That's pretty much. I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate the positivity. I'm going to finish with that scripture from the Book of Revelations. I went and looked it up. It's from Revelations chapter 22, and it starts with, "And he shewed me a pure river, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb." In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And you can read the rest of the chapter. I put a link in the, in the chat. This is why I do not despair. I don't even really despair for those who die because especially if they've lived good lives, they're just going to the next world and they can hang out with Jesus and all the angels and their loved, loved, loved ones who've departed before. They're going to be fine. I'm more concerned with those of us who are here. How do we grapple with life? How do we make things better for ourselves and our families? What do we do if there's food shortages? What do we do if the hospital system collapses and is no longer available to us to help with our births and other things that may come up in family life? So these are the things I've been pondering for a long time. I've come up with solutions for myself and my own family and those who love my work. And I would love to share more of that with you from my blog, which is healthyfamilies.life or my Substack which is healthyfamilies.substack. I talk about all kinds of things over in those spaces tied to healthy family living, education, healthcare, and really moms owning their work in the kitchen and in their homes and trying to make a beautiful life for themselves and their families. Given the state we're in, which is, it's honestly the craziest time to be on planet Earth is right now today. It is the most topsy-turvy time, and I'm here to speak a message of peace and love and contentment that I've walked these dark paths, I've grappled with these bioweapons, and I'm here to say, you can heal, you can have a better life from all of it, whatever level you're suffering. And even if you're nervous that you're going to suffer, or something's going to happen to your body or your mind or whatever, you know, 
the worst thing we can do is to walk in fear and despair. So my message is a message of hope and to be confident. And especially for those of you who believe in Jesus Christ, he's the way. He, he is the source. He's the master healer. He knows every bit and particle of your body and how it functions. He knows how to heal it. And I believe if you will humbly turn to him and seek for his ways, he will educate you on how to be well and, and deal with the things that you're dealing with. Maybe you have a sick child or a sick parent and you don't know where to turn. Maybe your own local medical care system is not functioning very well for whatever reason. And you're like, what do I do? What do I do? I would encourage you to get on your knees and pray. And I believe you will be guided to know what to do for yourself and for your family. So thanks again for everybody who stopped by. You are all rock stars. I really love Colin. It's my favorite space. And I will come back another day.